It is a great day to have a great day, church. Yeah. Amen. So I, I was blessed twice this morning. So me and my son stopped at Quick Trip at about uh, 6 o'clock this morning, and um, I got myself an energy drink, drank that, and then somebody blessed me at about 8.30 with another energy drink. And then at about 9.45, uh, got blessed with a one-liter Mountain Dew. So I'm about to jump out of my boots. So you all might want to stay with me on this one. Also, I was told that I stepped on some toes, and uh, last, last service message was a little spicy. So, so I want to let you know I take all those concerns very seriously. I want you to email me at Pastor Pat at hbwt.org. I'll read all those. All right, let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, we, we thank you for another day to get it right. We thank you for your son, Jesus, doing all the work, everything that needed to be done for our salvation. And Lord, we pray for this service. And Lord, we pray for all the saints here, all the sinners. And Lord, we pray that today for all the sinners, today's a day of salvation in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, if we let the enemy know now that he has no dominion in this church, he has no dominion in our lives, in our community, and Lord, this is God's house. Amen. And today we're going to proclaim his name boldly. And we pray this in Jesus' name. The church said, amen, amen. amen. So we got a couple announcements we want to hit real quick. Seniors Day is Wednesday, October 4th. And I'm uh, glad to say Pastor Pat officially gets to join this Seniors Day as a senior. I'm sure I'll hear about that on Monday morning's meeting. Uh, the garage, Randy the Barber coming around, passing out garage for all the men out there. And uh, from what I heard is we've got a, I believe, a uh, Black Hawk pilot who's given his testimony at that men's garage. So that's going to be awesome. Amen. And then Ladies Day is out at the farm October 21st. And I was informed I have to run the gun range that day. So I'm going to need you all to hit your prayer rooms and be praying for me earnestly on October 21st. And then I heard a lady say, we can shoot better than men. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. So let's go into the tithing message. And like I told the last service, I had a great tithing message out of Colossians, and God said, I've got a better one. So I went with God's tithing message, and he said, I want you to tell my people they need to trust in me. Amen. Because I think my people have been trusting in too many other things and people lately. He said, I want you to tell them to trust in me. Amen. And what a better way than Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Quit trusting in man. Right. You hear me, church? Yeah. Man is not going to get us out of the mess we're in today. Man put us in the mess we're in today. Amen. And you can go ahead and raise your hand and say, you know what? I was probably one of them people. But guess what? God's going to get us out of there. Amen. Not a political party. Not a political candidate. Jesus the Christ is going to get us out of this mess. Amen. But here's the thing, church. God doesn't bless a mess. So it's up to us to turn this country back towards God. And it starts on our knees. It starts with humility. Saying, God, we know we can't do this on our own. We need you to intervene on our behalf. And I know he can do it because he's done it before. And then he restarted it with eight people. Amen? Yeah. 
Imagine what he can do with a church full of people. Praise God. Trust in, your Lord, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not in some of your ways. Not in the ways, just on the days that you feel good. Or like Pastor Pat says, are you going to praise him in the storm? It's easy to praise God when everything's going great. Are you going to praise him when everything's not going your way? Don't say, hey, Pastor, I'm having a bad day. If you're a born-again believer, you're not having any more bad days. Amen. You may have days that don't go your way, but maybe they're going God's way. Maybe God's putting you in that position or he is allowing that position to strengthen your witness and your faith. Well, God doesn't do that. Oh, yeah, read Job. Job said, you know what? I don't care what's happening to me. I'm going to praise him anyway. And, and the devil said, you know what? Of course he's going to praise you. Look at everything you've given him. And God said, that's all right. You know what? Take it all away. He'll still praise me. And he did it anyways. Even when his own wife and his own friend said, stop praising God. He praised him anyway. And then he blessed them because of his obedience. Not because he wanted to be blessed, because he wanted to be obedient. Don't be obedient to get blessed. Be obedient to be obedient. And then God will bless you. Well, Pastor, I didn't get a million dollars like I wanted. I didn't say it was going to be financially. Maybe it's physical. You got health? Praise God that you got health. You got healthy kids? Praise God that you got healthy kids. You got a healthy wife? Healthy husband? Healthy grandkids? Praise God. And guess what? If maybe if they're not, praise God because he's going to heal them. Do you hear me, church? He's going to heal them. My God's a healer. He didn't stop healing just because the apostles went away. Like some like to say, no, no, the gifts of healings and the, the gifts of spirit of, the God, of God, they still go on. They go on through you. They go on through me. Right. So don't let anybody ever say, oh, well, you can't. God doesn't heal anymore. My God's a healer. But be not wise in your own eyes. As, as much as I want to think I'm the smartest man in the world, my wife will tell you otherwise. <laughs> be not wise in your own eyes, but let God be wise in your life. Yeah. Amen. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And like I told the last service, why do we always want to go towards something that we're not supposed to go towards? And why do we always want to throw the directions away when we know we're supposed to read the directions? <laughs> I was put a deer stand up yesterday. Because it's deer season. Praise God, it's deer season. And I had some bolts left over. It's not good when you're putting a ladder stand up that you have bolts left over. But I said, you know what, God, I guess this is just the way it's supposed to be. And I went up there and it ran a little bit. But you know what, I got to the top and I didn't fall down. Amen? So that's the way it was supposed to be. Don't run towards evil because you're supposed to run towards God. Evil leads to evil. Evil will lead to evil. Don't say, well, I'm just going there just to see what's going on inside. You're going inside. You can't fool me. You can't fool God. You're going to go inside because you know what? I used to be that person. I'm just going to go for one beer. That's it. Oh, you guys, you guys have been there too? You said that? And then before you know, you're walking out like this. I knew I shouldn't have gone in there. Do not run towards evil. And then it says, it will be healing to your flesh. And I asked the last service, do you remember the day that you gave your life to the Lord, how you just felt like the weight of the world was off of your shoulders and you felt refreshed? Like, you know what? I thought I couldn't do this, but I can do this because I've got God living in me. Amen. And it's refreshing knowing that you've got somebody that, got, that has your back. Right. In the military, I'll be quite honest, I had guys that joined the Marines because they wanted to get into free college. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the Marines when it was wartime then. 
Because everybody's got your back till it's time to have your back. And whether it's in war or whether it's in school or whether it's in your work or whether it's in your relationship, everybody's got your back till it's time to take their back. Jesus Christ has your back. And I'm, I'm up here, I'm a living testimony of that. If I, if I didn't believe it, if it was not 100% true, I would not sit in here and be lying to you. I'd be in the tavern saying, I told you it was all a lie. No, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. 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 And refreshment to your bones. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these families here today. I thank you that they could be anywhere else, but God, they chose to follow in the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and they came here to the 10 a.m. service and have Bible World Travel because they want to get closer to you. And Lord, maybe if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation for somebody inside of this church. Lord, they're going to hear your word is going to penetrate their heart, and they're going to get on their knees and say, I submit to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today, and times of refreshment shall begin. And Lord, we pray for the tithe and the offering. We pray for a blessing upon it, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. give a round of applause to the Lord as we turn to Acts chapter 9. This is one of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible because if... God can change a heart like Saul. He can change a heart like mine. Everybody hear that? Amen. We all thought, you know what? God can't, he can't change me. I'm too far gone. I've done too much wrong. I've done too much wrong to my family. I've done this. I've done that. God, you know what? God doesn't even want me anyways. No, no, just when you're at your lowest, that's when God can work most in your life. Amen? Amen. So Saul, if you don't know about Saul, Saul was a Christian killer. He persecuted Christians. He hated Christians. He wanted Christians to go away, even so much that he went to the high priest who was supposed to be on the Christian side. He's supposed to be a Christian himself, and he dined out all the Christians. What do you know? That somebody in a high position is giving up the very people he's supposed to protect. Sound familiar? Well, that only happened back in the Bible. That won't happen today. Look outside. The very people that are supposed to be protecting your rights are diming you out left and right. Amen. Right before your very nose. And they say, they will never even notice what we're doing. We're noticing now. Amen. And we're not going to stand for it. Amen. This is our country. Amen. This is our church. Amen. And I promise you, nobody's going to take this from us. Amen? So, Saul 9.1 says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, capital W, that's Jesus, men or women. So not only is he going after men, he's so big of a coward, he's going after the women. It takes a special kind of, I won't even call him a man, a male, a coward that goes and abuses a woman physically, mentally, or spiritually. Amen. So not only is he going after the men, he's going after, after the women. What a coward. What a coward. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. 
and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is Jesus the Christ speaking. And he said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Who are you, who you are persecuting? Does anybody remember the first time that you heard God speaking to you? And I said, man, I'm, I'm not listening to that guy because that means I have to give up all my fun and I have to give up all my drinking. I have to give up all my fighting, all my cursing. I do not want to give all that up. So I made him be quiet. Well, you can't make God be quiet. Really? Because my Bible says he was quiet for 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. You see, if you try and push God out enough, he's not going to force his will on you. He wants a willing vessel to work through. And it took, what, two years, maybe more, of my sister saying, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. And I finally came to church, thought the pillars were going to fall down and the holy water was going to burn. You guys have been there too, okay. And then I finally came and then I saw a beautiful blonde. I said, I'm going to come back. And I came back, and I came back, and I came back, and the more I listened, and I listened, and listened, the more I ran, and I ran, and I ran. And I even went up to my wife, and I said, I'm not going back there, because I feel like he's just picking on me. Amen. And that's God convicting me. Amen. That's God saying, you need to change your ways. Amen. And if God didn't speak to me, then I'd be dead right now. I wouldn't be in jail. I wouldn't go to jail. I'd be dead. And I know a lot of you guys and women can put yourselves in the same circumstance. And then I read this about Saul and saying, you know what? If God can speak to Saul on a road to Damascus, he can speak to anybody anywhere. You can find Jesus anywhere you want if you look hard enough. Because he's calling you. He's call he said, son and daughter, why do you keep going the way you're going? When are you going to grow up? The Bible says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted like a child. But when I grew up, I acted like a man. Amen. And that's what we need to do. God wants warriors. God wants people like Saul. We're about to find out what Saul does. That's the kind of people he needs to advance his kingdom forward. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you're doing to do, what you're going to do. Then the men who were traveling with him stood speechless. And I told the last service, have you ever been in a group of people and God speaks to you like, wait a minute, that, he can't be talking to me. And you, hey, I think God's speaking to you. Because I'm not going to go preach to that person. I'm not going to go tell that person about Jesus. He wants you to. No, no, he spoke to you. If you heard it, he's speaking to you. Quit pushing it off to somebody else. God's going to speak to you. You just got to listen to him. And people say, I can't. I'm not hearing from the Lord. It's because you're busy listening to all the other nonsense in the world. I only got two ears. I need to point them both towards God because this one I can't hear of anyways. Ask my wife. Hey, will you do the dishes? I can't, I can't hear you. I've got SSL, selective spousal listening. Does anybody else have that? Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. Here's what God revealed to me. Everybody thinks that the road to Damascus and the removing of the scales of his eyes, this is just for the sinners to become saved. No, no, no. I think there's still scales even on the believer's eyes. Amen. I truly believe that. Because, A, they, they keep accepting the lies 
from the outside world, or B, they don't want to remove the scales because they're afraid of what they might miss out on in the world. I believe that the road to Damascus is for the sinner and the saint. I believe God speaks to us every day and says, Son, you need to get that all the way off your eyes because you're still living in a little bit of darkness. You need to let my full light shine in your life. You need to remove the scales from your eyes. He saw nothing, so, led, uh, so they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. I love Ananias because I can um, relate to what he's about to go through. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. He was ready for when God called on him. God calls on each and every one of us. And it's up to us to be in a humble, right position to accept his calling on our life. Pastor Pat always says, I want to have my boots on when Jesus comes back. That means I want to be doing something for God's kingdom when he comes back to get me. I don't want to be sitting on my rear end, sucking my thumb, looking at everybody else working. That's a union job. Pastor Pat at hbwt.org. I'm just joking. <laughs> but when God calls on me, I want to have my hands open and said, here I am, Lord, just like Ananias did. Here I am, God, use me. Use me to advance your kingdom. Because guess what? His will is going to go forward whether you are ready or not. He'll move on to the next man or the next lady or the next family. And here's the thing that I told the last service again. If your family's not being blessed and you're the man of the household, you need to look real hard at yourself. Because maybe you're not ready and willing to accept what God has for your family. Don't, don't blame your wife. Don't blame your kids and say, you know what? If they would come to church, I'll go to church. The facts are, friends, 97% of the fathers that come to church, their family comes to church as well. Amen. And I think when the, the lady comes to church, I think it's all the way down to like 13%. And when just the child comes, it's like 3% that the rest of the family will come. Men, lead your families and have your hands ready for God to do his will through your family. Well, my family will never have that. With an attitude like that, you won't. Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Did you hear that? Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. You just convince yourself that you can't do it. Can't is a four-letter word in my house. We don't say the word can't. The only thing me and my son can't do is have babies. And I'm okay with that. Amen? Because my Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. That was my daughter's memory verse at school this week. She memorized it like that, and she called Uncle Pat. She said, guess what my memory verse is? He goes, what? It's your favorite verse, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My family can do all things Amen. through Christ who gives us strength. Amen? Amen. And, and here's how I know that, because I saw a woman that was told she'll never walk again walk down that aisle last week. Amen? And then I saw her up praising today. Amen? She can do all things who gives, gives her strength. Uh, Ananias says, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight and at the house of Judas... 
Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. So God has already set this encounter up. Have you ever had one of those encounters with another human being where like, man, God must have ordained this because I did not plan on this ever happening. I just came here to get a haircut. I just came out here to the farm to hang a, a, a tree stand. And before you know it, we're having church in the middle of a field. You can have church anywhere. God can move anywhere. He wants to move. Amen. And just say, God, I don't want to go over there. Don't you know how busy I am? God, I'm trying to do so much for you. He said, you're trying to do so much in my name, you forgot about me. You're so busy trying to do things for me that you're not spending time with me. The first thing you need to do to expand God's kingdom is spend time with God. Amen. There's three things that me and my wife, when we counsel couples, there's three things we say you must have. You must. And some of those couples are in this room today. Number one, you've got to have God in your marriage. Number one, you have to have God in your marriage. Number two, you've got to be able to communicate with each other and God. And that doesn't mean, God, give me, give me, give me, give me. That may, that's, God, what do you want to say to me? God, what do I need to hear from you? And number three, you have to trust. And then God says it doesn't just work for couples. It works for your own individual life. Number one, you've got to put me first in your life. Number two, you've got to trust me. And number three, you've got to talk to me. And you've got to let me talk to you. And I've learned that the more I be quiet, the more I let God talk, the more I get out of the conversation. John 3.30 says, if I want God to increase, I've got to decrease. I just don't see God moving in my life like I want to. That's because you're doing all the moving. Get out of the way and let God move. Amen. Let go and let God. Right? Amen. I can't reach that breakthrough. That's because you're not allowing God to break through it for you. You're not strong enough to get over that hump alone. I promise you, I've tried it. I've done it. I've drank it. I've smoked it. I've done this. I've done that. And I still couldn't get over the hump. The hump got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when I accepted Jesus, my Lord and Savior, he, built, he bulldozed, bulldozed through that wall, and he revealed things to me that I never thought I'd be able to accomplish. Can anybody amen to that thing? Like, I never knew I could have a life. I never knew I could have a wife that loves me like she does. I never thought I'd be able to be a father like I am. I never thought I'd be able to get up in front of people and preach God's word boldly the way it's supposed to be preached. I can't do that. If you would have asked me 12, 13, 14 years ago, hey, you're going to be a pastor one time, I, I'll probably punch, through, through, you know, punch in the throat or something. I ain't, I ain't going to church. A bunch of Christians in there. A bunch of holy people in there. Yeah, those are the people I want to be around now. Amen. I don't want to be around the people I used to hang out with because I know where I get with those people. Right? right. Those people that you used to hang out with, most of them are probably still doing the same thing you were doing when you were 18 years old. I've got buddies that are in their late 30s still living at home with mom and dad. And again, if I stepped on your toes and you're still at home with mom and dad, Pastor Pat at hbwt.org. <laughs> I'm just filling in. That's all I'm doing. Monday morning, what did you do? I don't know. Check your email. I don't know. Verse 13, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard uh, from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints of Jerusalem. So now Ananias is like, here I am, Lord, send me. 
Oh, no, but don't send me over there. Uh-uh, I don't want to go over there. No, 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 no. See, we're all about God, use me, send me, send me. Ah, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, give me the job. I'll take the job. Ah, but I don't want to do that. I want to do less for more. I want to do less, but give me more money. I want to do less, but give me, God, give me more blessings, but don't make me do as much as, as, I, as you want me to do. I want the blessings, but I don't want to give the obedience. See, God blesses because of the obedience. And Ananias is soon going to learn that God has already ordained this meeting. And Ananias is going to put his fear behind him and allow the Holy Spirit to work through him. Because Ananias on his own is going to be afraid and probably not going to preach to Paul. But with God's help, Ananias is going to be able to preach to this Christian killer. Little does Ananias know that God has already redeemed Saul. It's not the same old Saul that it used to be. Now it's the new Saul, and eventually it's going to be the new Paul. So i I got to take heart that if God can do that in Saul's life, surely he can do that in my life. Surely he can do that in your life, in your life, in your life. If God can redeem that family, surely he can redeem my family. It doesn't matter what your daddy did, what your mommy did, what your granddaddy did. It's called a generational curse. No, no, no. It's called a chain breaker. Just because daddy was an alcoholic doesn't mean I have to be an alcoholic. Just because my daddy wasn't there, my mommy wasn't there, doesn't mean that I'm not going to be there for my... Matter of fact, I'm going to be that much better of a daddy then because of that. Some people got to quit hanging on to past generations junk. Quit claiming that name. That don't belong to you. You got a new name in Jesus. It's called redeemed. It's called child of God. So quit uh, claiming the stuff that so many people want to shackle you with. Show them the new you. Show them the new Tony. Show them the new Mike. Show them the new Franny. The new Franny in Jesus. And we're going to talk about that in one of my favorite verses here in a second. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. When I first started going to this church, remember chasing a little blonde lady? I went back there to the adult Bible study. And I, I know the Copes were there and Barb was there and Pastor Jay was there and Terry uh, and Trudy and Carl and Carol and a bunch of other people. And I remember I was new back there and I sat in the very back and I didn't want anybody to pay any attention to me. And there was a, a, a beautiful, beautiful soul named Miss Naomi. And she goes, I want him to pray. I said, hey, I think God wants you to you know, I said, well, there's nobody behind me. Surely he's not pointing to me. I, and I was, she goes, no, 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 I want, I want you, young man. I want you to pray. I said, ma'am, I've, I've not, I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed before. She goes, that's all right. Just, just start talking. So I just started talking, and she goes, that was a beautiful prayer. Amen. I don't even know what I said. Then afterwards, another wonderful lady, Miss Helen Daffron, they've both gone home to in glory with the Lord. She comes out to me. She goes, are you bored in Bible study? I go, no, ma'am. Why, why do you say that? She goes, because you keep drawing all over all your arms. I, I go, ma'am, those are tattoos. She goes, I know. I'm just messing with you. She goes, we love having you in Bible study. She didn't care about my past. She didn't care about what I looked like. She was just happy I was there. 
Amen? Let's keep reading. Uh, and immediately, immediately, God works immediately. God works right now. God's not in the waiting business. So why are you? Why do you keep waiting on God to move? Maybe God's already moving. He's waiting for you to catch up. What in your life are you not doing that God wants you to do? Or what in your life are you not getting rid of that God wants you to get rid of? I'm just not getting that breakthrough. Maybe it's because you're holding on to something in the past that's not allowing you to grab the future. Maybe you're hanging on to something in the past that's not allowing you to grab your future. Whether it's something somebody did to you, maybe it's something that somebody said to you, maybe it's something that you did to somebody else and you think you're not good enough for God's grace, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the enemy. He wants you to think that you are not worthy for this God's grace. Saul right here says otherwise. says, when the scales fell off, son, they were off. I'm not allowing the enemy to talk trash on how I used to be. How I used to be, it don't matter anymore. What matters is how I am now. And all church, let me tell you, your past is going to come up and they're going to try and tell you, hey, remember remember the good times we had in the bar? Remember this? Remember that? Remember that? God said, those weren't good times. Those weren't good times. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And again, here's that word. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue. Do you remember the day you got born again, the day you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You wanted to go out and you wanted to tell everybody. You felt like the weight of the world was off. You've been refreshed. You wanted to tell everybody about this Jesus that has saved your soul. I read a story, an article, and some this, I don't know if he was a preacher or whatever he was, but he said, I believe it's natural for people as they grow in Christ for their want and their passion to evangelize to decrease because they lose that high of getting saved. They, don't longer, they no longer have that passion to go out and evangelize and tell everybody the, the, the way they used to. I couldn't find that further from the truth. I find that the more I increase in Christ, the more I come to church, the more I read my Bible, the more I get around like-minded believers, the more I want to tell more people about Christ. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the, the, more, the more I allow Him to work through my life, the more people that I can reach and I can evangelize. You see, somebody said... Um, if we knew the reason for everything that happened in our lives, good or bad, we couldn't handle that. He said, I had this preacher tell me, he said, I believe that God is protecting us. He said, you see, because I have a daughter that's got um, a lot of illnesses. And sometimes I used to ask, and this guy's been preaching for 40-something years. He said, I used to ask God, why is my daughter like this? Why, 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 why? Or why did my daughter die? Or why did this? Or my spouse? Why, 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 why? And he said, God finally said, because I was protecting you. Because let me tell you something, preacher. If I told you why, what happened, maybe it was a doctor's fault or is this person's fault, you would probably go after that person. You would probably want to take vengeance against whoever wronged you. And he put it in a way I've never, he said, I believe that God was protecting me. That's why. That's why that he doesn't reveal all things to us. Because I don't think our minds could handle it, to be honest with you. Right. Amen? Amen? So when we go out and witness to people and they reject us or they call us this or they call us that, it's not, we don't, I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what they think about me because I'm doing what God told me to do. Amen. 
So before you leave here today, I'm going to give an altar call, and whatever happens after that, that's on you guys. I can't control if you say yes or no or maybe or later or whatever it is, but what I can control is I can give you the address to heaven. I can tell you how to get there. Now, free will tells us that I have a choice whether I make it or not. And church, today I'm telling you, if you choose not to choose, you made your choice already. Death rate on earth is 100%. Everybody's going to die. I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't want this to be a bad news. Actually, this is good news. Because when you die, my Bible says there's two places you can go. One is a place called hell. One is a place called heaven. And if you choose Jesus today, it says that when you take your last breath, and I pray it's 100 years from now, boom, you go straight up to glory. That is refreshing, and that is encouraging to me. You see, Saul loved it so much that in verse uh, 23, he goes on and says, When many days passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe he was a disciple. They said, wait a minute. You don't look like us. You don't look like somebody that would go to church. You don't look like you would follow Christ. You can't come in here because you don't look like we look. You don't look and talk and you don't have a past like we have. Your past is all messed up. You were messed up. You can't come in here. That's what these disciples were trying to say. But then one man stood up. Just like Miss Naomi stood up for me, one man stood up. He said, you know what? No, no, no. I know this man has been with Jesus. You see, church, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter who you've wronged. It doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesus comes to save your soul. What matters is how you live for Christ now. When I got saved, I asked Pastor Pat, because we all know he was a saint before he got saved, right? I said, do you go and apologize to everybody you wronged, all the guys that you beat up and all the fights you got? Did you go and apologize to every one of them? He said, no, absolutely not. I said, really, why, why not? He said, because Christ forgave me. That's all the forgiveness I need is I needed Jesus Christ to forgive me. He says, I don't need to bow down to everybody I used to wrong. I'm not concerned about them. What I'm concerned about is that I have forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. And that spoke a lot to me. You see, so he goes, and I picture that, that Paul went into this Bible study with all these disciples, and they were shunning him, saying, you don't look like us, get out, get out. I go to hospital visits, and we go to a pastor's conference, and they look at Pastor Pat and I like we're aliens. These guys are in, they're coming up in Mercedes and Lexus and this and that and suits and ties, and they're looking fancy. And me and Pat roll in in a pickup truck with hay flying out the back and horse and cow dung on our boots. And sometimes we got sleeves on, sometimes we don't. And they look at us like we're crazy. And then we get in and we have this big dinner. And we're sitting at the other, like, oh my gosh, I hope these guys don't come sit with us. I hope they don't come sit with us. We go sit at that table. And they look at us and they're afraid to talk to us. They're like, oh, they don't look like us. They shouldn't be here. And then the worship music starts, 
and me and Pat and his wife and my wife, we get up and we start praising God when everybody else is sitting on their rear ends. And then before you know it, a guy at our table stands up. And then another guy and his wife stand up. And then before you know it, everybody's standing up praising God because it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your background is. What matters is is in the future and your future in Christ. Everybody rise with me. We're going to finish this up in 2 Corinthians 5.17. One of my favorite verses because it tells me very much that, that it doesn't matter what I used to do or who I used to wrong. Church, everybody that wants to point at you and tell you how bad of a person you are or what you used to do, you need to say, quit worrying about the speck in my eye and worry about the plank in your eye. Don't come judging me because everybody's got a past. And my God, he died for everybody. He's no respecter of person or persons. He loves you just as much as he loves me. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue or black or white or tall or short or drive a Lexus or drive a pickup truck. He loves you just the way you are. 2 Corinthians uh, verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. He's saying don't judge a book by its cover. Pastor Pat was led to the Lord by somebody that he never even wanted to talk to. Somebody that he thought he would never talk to in his life. And that very man led him to the Lord. It doesn't matter what you look like. They judged Jesus on what he looked like. They said, that can't be the Messiah. He's the carpenter's son. He's, he, that can't be the Messiah. He's not wearing the right kind of attire. He's not big and strong, and he's not, wear, he's not riding a big old white horse like we thought he would. He came in on a donkey. You see, it doesn't matter what he came in on. It doesn't matter what he was wearing. What matters is what he did for your soul and for my soul. If they judge Jesus, church, they're going to judge you. Bring it on. I am completely fine with the term Bible thumper, Jesus freak, Whatever it is, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. As a matter of fact, Paul says, I take strength in that. Because I know if I'm being persecuted, that means I'm ticking the devil off. That means I'm doing something that I'm stepping on his toes. I'm doing something to decrease his kingdom and advance God's kingdom. So when that happens, you're going to come against persecution. People are going to come against you. Uh, situations are going to come against you. Society is going to come against you. Take heart. Take joy in that. James says, be glad in that tribulation because that means that you are doing something for God's kingdom. So today, if you say, you know what? I'm, I'm just being persecuted. I've hit a wall. I can't get past this. Today is the day that God wants you to know that you are right, right, right on the verge of a breakthrough. They said, Billy Graham, what makes you different than all the other preachers in the world? He said, because I took that one extra step. I took that one step that everybody else was afraid to take. Church, what are you afraid of today? What are you afraid of? Why are you not taking that one extra step? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone, it doesn't matter again what you look like, where you've been, who you've wronged, rich, right, rich or uh, poor, whatever it is. If anyone is in Christ... They are a new creation. 
the old is gone. Everybody go like this. The old's gone. It's gone. It's gone. So why do you keep going back to the old? Why do we in church, God preached this message to me before I'm preaching it to you. Why do you pick it back up? If you laid it down at Jesus' feet, why do you go back and pick it up? Well, I'm going to lay down all my anger today because I want to stop being angry. But during traffic, I'm going to pick it back up. Because nobody in this world can drive except for me. Everybody else is a bad driver. Or how about this? God, I'm giving up the addictions. I'm giving up the alcohol except for the weekends. God, I'm giving it all up. I'm not going to pick up another bottle. But Lord, if I have a bad day, I just want to take it back just for one more night. Just give me one more night, Lord, and then I'll give it back to you. And, and then I'll take it back, and then I'll give it back and take it back. What kind of nonsense is that? Why do you keep putting that stuff down and picking it back up? Church, you got kids. You've got kids, grandkids, loved ones that you probably preach to day in and day out, but yet you find yourself all in the same trap that they're doing. I got the opportunity to speak to somebody yesterday that's been in the ministry for 45 years. He's preached to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And there we were having church in the middle of a, of a field, putting up a deer stand. And he said, I, I, I'm just, I'm lost. I just, I just need some advice. He's asking me. I've only been around for about 12 years, and he's asking me for advice. He humbled himself knowing that he needed somebody to speak into his life. He said, I don't care if you've got a big beard or tattoos. I know that you will preach Jesus into my life. And I already knew he was going to say this because just like the appointment with Ananias and Saul, God told me that I needed to speak into this man's life. And I said, here's what I'm going to say, preacher. Practice what you preach. Can you imagine saying that to somebody that's been in the ministry for almost half a century? I said, you preach to these people day in and day out and give them counsel over and over and over and over, and it works for them. I said, why are you not doing the same thing in your own life? He said, I can't believe you said that to me. And I was like, oh, man, I messed up. Why did I say that? He said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. It's that simple, church. When you allow God to work through your life, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. See, God set up that divine appointment just like he set up divine appointments in your own lives. Stop running from the appointments and run towards God. When you allow God to work in your life, you'll be able to do things that you never thought you'd be able to be. So it says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, a new creation, the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. It's this big. Look at the big windshield that God can work in your life. Quit looking in your past. Quit allowing people to tell you about your past and tell people about your future. That's the old Tony. That's the old Luke. That's, that's not me anymore. Now I live for Christ. You see, I'd, I'd be a fool to think everybody in this church here today knows Jesus is their Lord and Savior. As my mentor, Pastor Pat, always says, he says it doesn't matter if it's a service or a funeral or a wedding, you make sure you give an altar call to those people. So today, I want to start out, and I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me, and I'm going to believe that there's somebody in this church here today that is, is going to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe they've been hanging on to the past too much because they didn't know what future God has for them. Well, today, church, you're going to go from sinner to child of God.
Pray with me. Today, Lord, we raise our hands to you, Lord, because we believe you're going to do a mighty miracle in somebody's life today. Lord, today I ask you to break the bondage, the chains the enemy has had on this individual. And today, Lord, I pray that you release the power of your Holy Spirit upon this place. And today, Lord, there is somebody in this church, Lord, that, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. They've lived, been living a life that they thought, you know what, this is just all it is. I'm always going to be like this. I'm never going to reach the things that everybody else reaches. This is just my lot for life. Lord, we know that's a lie from the enemy. And Lord, we know you have a wonderful life for that individual. So today, Lord, I'm praying for that individual that they push people out of their way. They hop over chairs. They do whatever they got to do. And they walk this aisle, Lord. And they're saying, Lord, today I submit to you. Lord, I don't care about my past anymore because, Lord, you are my future. So, Lord, today I pray for that individual. Bring them forward, God. It's not of me, it's of you. So today, Lord, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice, whether it's here on live stream, today, Lord, I pray salvation. I pray, Lord God, that you save their soul. Lord, you show them the grace, the mercy, and most of all, the love that you showed me. Lord, I never thought I'd have a wife like I have. Lord, I never thought I'd have kids like I have. Lord, I never thought I'd have had the life that I have. But, Lord, I was lied to by the enemy. And, Lord, you showed me the truth. And you blessed me, Lord, just like you bless all these families. So, Lord, I pray for that sinner today. And today, Lord, for the saints. Lord, just like on the road to Damascus, I, I know that there's some people that still have a little bit of scales left on their eyes. Today, Lord, whatever they need to give up, Whatever they need to lay at your feet today, Lord, I pray is that day. Today they put a line in the sand and say, you know what, Lord? I don't know why, but I haven't wanted to give this up. Today I'm giving it up. Today, that crazy preacher with a beard and tattoos, he said, today's the day to give it up because God wants to take it from me. Lord, today I'm going to start being obedient for you today. Lord, I know you're going to bless me because of my obedience. And Lord God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that you remove the bondage of whatever shackle these people down. And Lord God, I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen, amen. amen.